2: Thank you for joining me here on Invest Talk on this Wednesday afternoon, November 21st, the day before Thanksgiving. That's tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I welcome to Invest Talk. I hope you know that you know the Invest Talk commitment here is all about making you a better investor. Give you some common sense guidance. You know, we all become we all can learn, we all can be better. So that's what our job is. My job is, Justin's job, is to make you a better investor. So whether you are new to Invest Talk or a long-time listener, you've come to the right place if you want to learn. I encourage your finance and investment questions. I encourage it. I would love to have you call and ask any financial question you want. 888-99-CHART is the number. Well, this morning the market uh, started high after two wild days, Monday and Tuesday. So the the Dow was up about 100 points at the opening. And in that way, but it only ended up down like not even one point. But you know, we if you if you round it off, it was down. The Dow was down one point, but the Nasdaq was up 63, and the S&P was up eight. Remember, the Dow is only 30 stocks. The S&P 500 is 500 stocks, and the Nasdaq, you know, is uh, it is usually the Nasdaq 100. It's a hundred stocks. So the S&P 500 is the broader indicator. And a better indicator than the Dow, but that's what we had this morning. So you do know that the market, the fang stocks—Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google—the famous fang stocks this year. Everybody was so high on all year long, and they were driving the market because they're they're so big. They were they, if they were up, the market was up. Well, they've lost a lot of their luster. There, most of them, if not all of them, are in bear market territory, meaning they have fallen 20% or more from their highs, and that's been very painful for those people who are who've been who are in those stocks and overloaded in them. And that's always a danger when you're overloaded in growth stocks that have had a long run. The run will end. Just no one knows when. And it's ended. It apparently is ended. Now, did you see this? The price of gasoline has gone down 42 days, 42 days in a row. And at the pump in Missouri, which is not where I am, gas is just a little bit over $2 a gallon. Hawaii and California, California is where I am, are far more expensive. matter of fact, uh, the wisdom of California here raised the gasoline tax, I don't know, 13, 14 cents a gallon just uh, this year. Thank you very much, California. They just blow the money. They say, oh, it's for the roads. And I've heard that over the years, over and over and over. How they This is for the roads. Do you realize the gasoline tax from the very beginning was supposed to be for roads? What are you doing with that money? See, it all goes into a general fund and we never see it again. And it doesn't. They don't fix the roads. Now, I will say this. California roads are in pretty good shape. I will say that. But taxes. We all have to pay them. We saw a headline this morning that caught my attention. A $9 trillion corporate debt bomb is bubbling in the U.S. economy. How bad is that? $9 trillion. How bad is it? Where is it bubbling? It certainly can't be good. So I'm going to go over that story and look at it a little closer in a few minutes. Before I get into that, let's go ahead and make time for a question. Our anytime listener line is 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Matt
3: from Boston. I was just wondering what your opinion was on business development corporations,
4: BDCs.
3: Uh, I have a number of them and had them for a few years now. They generate good income, but they've been down a decent amount over the past year. Uh, should I hold or sell them? Uh, my time frame is about another two years before looking to buy a house. Thanks. Bye.
2: Didn't we answer this question yesterday? I thought this was a caller to call in yesterday and ask the same question. I think it was the exact same question. So, Horry, I think it's a duplicate, but I'll answer it again. Um, You know, business development companies or corporations that put out money for new businesses to grow or or blend money or buy equity interests in companies to get them off the ground or help them grow – those do very, very well coming out of recession and in the beginning of a strong economy and even in the middle of the economy. At the end of a long economic run up, they start to falter. And that's, I think, what you're seeing. We've had a very long economic growth period. So business development companies are going to start weakening. And one of the reasons they do that is because in an economic recovery, and longer it gets, the Federal Reserve normally raises rates and the business development companies borrow money a lot to lend money out and it costs more to them. So it's, they're just late in, and late in the cycle, they start to not work as well. That means you have to avoid them, but you don't, you certainly don't want to have a lot of them. You do not want to have a lot of them. So here are the bullet points to take away about that $9 trillion. $9 trillion. Trillion dollars. We found the story on CNBC, and the story is kind of complex. So it's not a simple okay. Here's nine trillion dollars debt, and uh, this is the problem. It's not that simple. Um, it's a, we're talking about corporate debt, the load of corporate debt, and that has escalated over the recent years. And most of that is because of really cheap money. So the the Federal Reserve has distorted the economic economic picture by having money so cheap for so long and not just the Federal Reserve it's all over the world by the way and what happens is it's cheap money cheap money people borrow cheap money so companies in the aggregate are carrying about nine trillion dollars in debt and this is a threat it is a threat as interest rates continue to rise especially if our economy starts to weaken because this debt especially if it's junk Junk debt in a recession is the worst debt to have because there's a lot of defaults on junk. Junk meaning weak companies that have too much debt. So that's a problem. Most Wall Street experts think the issue is contained for the time being, 12 months, 18 months out. Okay, of course, who knows for sure. A principal worry is uh, about companies that are, as I said, to have junk rating on their debt. Companies that are not strong, that can't afford the debt when bad times hit. They don't have they don't have the well worth all. I mean, Apple borrowed billions of dollars, but they have billions of dollars in cash too. And it was for specific reasons. They didn't want to bring the money back from overseas to pay the high taxes. That kind of thing is not the problem. It's not what this is we're talking about here. We're talking about weak companies borrowing money that they might have trouble paying back, especially in an economy that is not as strong as it is today. Now, that's why the economists are pointing out 12, 18 months because that's when they see the next recession coming. See how that works? So now, essentially, two things. The, the situation is going to go two ways, really. A good news case where companies can manage their debt as the economy stabilizes and interest rates stay in check. And the other case where the economy decelerates, rates keep heading up because the Fed's raising rates and or, or the public gets afraid of debt and they raise the rates themselves and the debt can't be paid because of that. I mean, there's all kinds of, there's. it's not simple. It's not just that simple. Okay, so how bad is it really? Well, how bad is this threat? Well, from a higher level, say 30,000 feet, most U.S. corporations look to be pretty good shape. The companies are very, very healthy. Any fixed income strategy, in a, you know, a, a a if you have a fixed fixed income strategy going, you know, it's a, you're gonna have, you're gonna be fine. As long as you stay away from some of the junk out there. Just stay away from it. And of course, we're going to keep an eye on the story, and we'll let you know. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to thank you for making this program a part of your your routine. Justin and I do our very best to make it interesting and instructive. Hopefully, that's the case. Over the holiday, whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to listen to our archive podcast and invite you to explore InvestTalk.com. There's a lot of information that will be posted and waiting for you there. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHARTER is our number.
0: Thanksgiving will be here tomorrow, and if you can carve out any private time over the holiday, you might want to review the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. And you can do this anytime at investtalk.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278,
2: today's main talking point, the Treasury's Office of Financial Research claims that interest rate uncertainty and rising costs are driving market risks higher. So we're going to take a look at that a little bit closer today. Also, I want to talk about the uh, S&P 500 tries to stage a modest rebound from the worst start Thanksgiving week in 45 years. Wow, that's a long time. Usually Thanksgiving week is positive. And I want to talk about Facebook. They did a survey of employees about the employees' optimism, his article on Watch, And it surprisingly, it, it was kind of shocked me that it was that gloomy. So I want, want to talk about that. And gloomy forecast slash, slash tech valuations in Silicon Valley chokes on smoke. Now, you'll notice that the, the articles are starting to, that I'm reading and looking at are are starting to look more and more negative. More and more negative. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if it's just because the market's going down or there's actually weakness in the economy because looking at economic numbers are not that bad. So it's kind of interesting. We're going to talk about these things. Also, I'm, I am going to get to... The ways you can mess up your four hundred one k that I've been promising to get from last fr- Friday to Tuesday. I've been trying to get to that because I think it's a story w- we need to talk about. So, anyways, the Dow uh, was down one today. The Nasdaq up sixty three and the S P up eight. But the market overall for the last two days, Monday and Tuesday, was really took it on the chin. Going back to the recent lows made in October, we're snar- still not near the lows we made in February. We're not there. So um, I have a feeling that's where we're going. Uh, at the, at the That's our next destination. I don't know if we'll break through those lows we made in February, but I think that's where we're going. The only way I think we'll go through those lows, if it looks like maybe we're now going to be in a bear market. But I think we're too early for that. Bear market means the S&P and all all the index is down 20% or more. The problem I have is like the FANG stocks that drove up the market are driving down the market, and they are in bear market territory already. They're 20% from their high, down 20% from their high already. And as I reported earlier, over half the S&P 500 stocks are down 20% or more. But the whole index isn't. So can we say we're in a bear market? No. We're not. We're still in that correction mode. So I don't, and I don't see any panic. You know, I keep looking for people really getting scared of this market. You know, and one of the easiest ways to see that is the volatility index, and it's not even close to what it was in uh, February. It's at 20.8 right now. February got up to, intraday got up to 29 uh, on a close of 25, 26. And here's at 20.8. Back in February, it got up to 40, 41, 42. And the February correction. So that, that's, that's much more fear. You see fear spike like that when the correction is over. We haven't seen that. That. Tells me we might have more to go. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasling. I invite you to check out our new online training experience. We call it Invest Talk Academy. Justin did the class today, and I will be doing it next week. And Justin and I do switch off every other week. Invest Talk Academy. It's a learning tool, a classroom for serious investors, for people who really want to learn how to do it. And you can learn more about it at InvestTalkAcademy.com investtalkacademy.com. And now I'm ready to take your calls, 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk. Here's a reminder about the KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. It's a good news tool for serious investors. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Today's main talking point, the Treasury's Office of Financial Research Research claims that interest rates, uncertainty, and rising costs are driving market risks higher. So what does that mean? Okay, so (laughs) it's nothing more than what we've been talking about on the air. Of course interest rates going up is going to drive market risks higher because it drives economic risks higher. (laughs) To me, I mean, I I, they can't figure this out by just by looking at what the Fed's doing. I just it just it just surprises me. That's all that they think. Oh, high interest rates driving the market risk higher. Well, of course, every time interest rates rise, the Federal Reserve raises it rates. In history, in history, the market doesn't like it. I mean, I mean, anyway, Anyways, the 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 question is how high really. Where are we in that scale? And this is the difficult part. How high is high? Well, they think it's a medium risk. And I would really love to know what their definition of medium risk is. We don't know. They don't offer it. But that's what they're saying. And I'm not sure if this does anybody any good. Why do we even have? You know, if that's their job, Treasury's Office of Financial Research. If this is their job and this is what they conclude from their job, we're paying people way too much money. We don't need that many people working for the government. No wonder our taxes are so high. You come up with this. Well, gee, uh, what's causing the problem? Well, higher interest rates. Oh, so now the risks are higher? Yes. Let's write a big report about that. Okay. It just frustrates me. Let's go to John in San Jose. How you doing, John? Hi, John. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you for the call.
3: Yeah, enjoy, enjoy your show. John, I am, uh, <coughs> this is John from San Jose. I'm calling today about your
2: view on uh-huh. IBM, International Business Machines. So what do you think about their dividend and what do you think about their stock price? Well, their dividend is pretty secure. Uh, they, they provide IT consultant services and computer hardware software for institutionals worldwide. They're big, $107 billion. Their sales growth has always been in the single digits, and it will go negative a couple percentage points every so often, too. So there's not much growth there. So you buy IBM when it gets cheap. And they've fallen from $152 back in the 1st of October. Today, $118. Okay, is that cheap? Yes. Well, let's take a look. I would say that that is cheap. They're going to make $13.80 this year per share, $13.94 next year. And they really are not growing much. And they pay a 5.3% dividend. And that's only about, what, $6, $7? And they're making $14. So the dividend is pretty secure. That's not that's not a problem, and the P/E ratio is now right around what nine, nine. Uh, I, yeah, that yeah, seems yeah. awful reasonable, yeah. John. That, that looks really good price to me. Can it fall harder? Yes. But if you're asking me if this is a good price, yes. It went down to about twelve dollars and one hundred twelve dollars and seventy five cents, or so, one hundred thirteen, somewhere in there. Bounced up. It's coming down to retest. If you're going to buy IBM, and this is a good time to do it because you're going to make five point three percent on your money as a dividend, and it'll probably eventually go up to one hundred fifty bucks. Might take a while, but it will. I so I, yeah, but I, I think to their debt levels, though, their, look at their debt. they de- they do have quite a bit of debt. I will say that that that's kind of the that's kind of the thing that is a bit worried, But they make. So they have $18 and something in cash flow free cash, free cash flow they can handle the debt i don't that, that i still think it's fairly in, in inexpensive for for ibm okay. i do All now right. tech okay. has been getting that hit pretty, pretty hard okay. john but thank you appreciate the call so tech has been getting pretty hit pretty hard but it's also producing you know this this down we've seen some i mean this went from 152 down to 113 total Okay, well, how much is that as a percent? That's like 30%. 33, 30. Come on. That's a really good pullback. Can it go lower? Of course it can. It can. Okay, uh, Robert, uh, Fremont, Robert, we're going to have to pick you up. I, do I have to pick him up after the break, guys? Or Yeah, Robert, I'm sorry. If you hold on, we're talking about Amazon right after the break here. I promise. Okay. Okay. Um, I quickly, here's an investment return. Rate of return. Here's an investment term. Do I have, my, do I have a minute? Okay. Uh, rate of investment return. A rate of return is a gain or loss on investment over a specific time period. Rate of return. Extremely important when you're dealing with any kind of investments, whether it's bonds, stocks, I don't care. It doesn't matter. What's your Real estate, what's your rate of return? How much money you are making over a period of time? So if you want to see the full definition, go to Investopedia.com. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, everybody. I hope you're planning to enjoy the holiday with family and friends. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
4: To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they, too, can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable.
2: YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day.
4: YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and
2: more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal.
4: And now our listeners can try YCharts for free.
0: You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. Steve and Justin thanked the InvestTalk listeners who made time to sit down with Steve recently in San Jose. If you missed out on the opportunity for your no-cost portfolio review with Steve, go to InvestTalk.com. Then over the InvestTalk menu link, Scroll down to Portfolio Review. You've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. Let's go to Robert. Robert, I'm sorry to keep your waiting. You want to talk about Amazon? I do. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts
3: on you feel a 1500
2: range is a, a buy range? Let's take a look. There is a I lot of like support. Like I said. There's a lot of support between 1400 and 1450 a ton. And it said bounce down there yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Bounce down to the between 1400 and 1450. That's where it was last April. There's a lot of support there, and then there's right. a ton of support again, coming in about eleven fifty to twelve hundred. Those are the areas of very, very strong support for Amazon. So it's right near that support now, and then if it doesn't hold here, the next area is around eleven fifty, twelve hundred. Okay. Okay. So if you were going to buy it, do you yeah. want to buy it, Robert? Is that your? So if you were going to buy it, yeah. I might suggest. I might suggest. Just buy, buy maybe half your position now, because I think it's going to go down further. But I don't know that. I mean, you know, I just think it will. And then when it does, buy your other half. That would be my That's suggestion.
5: True.
2: Okay. Unless you unless you See, can, be can be very patient about- and just wait. Okay. Hey, go ahead.
3: You know, the, the last caller with IBM reminded me of AT&T. Can I get your thoughts on AT&T?
2: Well, if you want buy ATT, you buy it for the dividend. You don't buy it for anything else because it doesn't have much growth. I mean, they just can't. Uh, they're too between ATT and Verizon. There's not going to be much growth. But you buy both those stocks because you like the dividend. And you and I've been saying for some time you want to buy it between around thirty dollars a share. It's twenty nine seventy seven. Uh, I think this is where you would buy it. You're going to get six point seven percent dividend if you buy it in this area, and their dividend is very solid. Thanks, Robin. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, a couple quick things. Uh, The S&P 500 is uh, this week, this week, so far, Thanksgiving week, has been the worst week in 45 years. 45 years has never been this bad. Now, that is a long time. And I just thought I'd point out most of the time, remember, most of the time, the market bottoms in October, and rallies till the end of the year. Well, so that that might be in jeopardy as as you take a look. Uh, if we don't get a, a start of a rally next week, I'm pretty confident that we're not going to get it. But normally, I want to talk about 70, 80% of the time we do get into the year and beginning of the year rally. That's very very normal. So do we give up? And so that leads me to the next question. Well, what's wrong? What's wrong with the market? Because if you look at the quarterly earnings reported for the third quarter, they did much better than expected, much better. I mean, the expectations by the experts was for a 13% growth in profits and an 8.5% growth in sales. And what they ended up was a 20% growth in profits and a 24% growth in sales. No, I'm talking about 24% growth in profits. And uh, profits and a it's covered up by there it is 11 percent growth in sales, much better than the expectations. So it can't be, it cannot be. We're talking about the S&P 500. Cannot be the 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 current conditions. It's always remember always about the future outlook, and the future outlook is more murky. It's not as clear. Not nearly as clear as it should be, um, and there were there's worry about holiday expectations because Amazon and and Apple talked about sales not being as strong or as large as they have been in the past, so that's kinda of hanging over the market. You got the Federal Reserve gonna raise rates. Everybody's pretty much believing it's gonna raise rates in December. That's overhanging the market. Plus the three or four more times next year they are threatening. Okay. So and we know that large semiconductor and chip equipment manufacturers are signaling signaling downturn for at least the next quarter or two in their production and demand. So that's kinda of hanging over the market right now. So is that going to be a, a big problem? Is it going to develop into something else? Bigger? Better right now, things look really great. Earnings, sales have been coming in really nice. This is Invest Talk everybody. I'm Steve Peasley and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the four o'clock hour Pacific Time every weekday, Monday through Friday. It is also available twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, via archive podcast at InvestTalk.com. So be sure to subscribe if you would to the Invest Talk Podcast. You can do it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then take a second to rate us. So we would really like that like for you to rate and review us if you would. And now the lines are open. We are taking your financial investing questions live, 888-99 chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where their commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. We are headed into the final trading sessions of 2018, and now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for help with your portfolio. Start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Mike from Louisville, Kentucky, and I listen to you every morning. I uh, really appreciate the tips and the insights you provide. I'm looking now at Enbridge, a Canadian company, E N B R I D G E ticker symbol, Echo November Bravo. They pay a good dividend, uh, 6.5% or so. They look like they're a large cap, but they've been in decline, and they're also at their yearly low. I'm asking you what are your thoughts about the company, its long-term prospects, I guess, and what would be a support level and an area that might be you know, worth considering jumping in. I appreciate your input, and I'll wait to listen to what you have to say in your podcast. And y'all have a great day and a great holiday season. Talking Halloween in November, Thanksgiving, and Christmas.
2: Okay, Enbridge, Inc., the symbol is E-N-B, and thank you for the kind words about the holidays. It's a Canadian company engaged in distribution of gas to 3.7 million customers in Toronto, Quebec, and New Brunswick. It's a $57 billion company. It's big. So you're buying this kind of company basically for the dividend, not necessarily for growth. The dividend yield six point one percent, so that's very strong. It is growing its sales. I mean, the most recent quarter grew sales twenty two percent. Before that, the quarter sales shrink three percent. Quarter before that, the court they grew fourteen, and the quarter before that, up thirty eight percent. So they've been growing, but a lot of it has to do with the price of gas, right? How much? Remember, they distribute it. So I'm sure their contracts are related to the price of gas in some way, shape, or form. I don't know that for sure. I'd have to do more research. But generally, these kind of companies are, you know, their contracts are tied to the price of gas in some way. Um, they're To acquire Spectra Energy Partners in the U.S. for 1.1 shares of the companies, a uh, total deal worth about You know, $3.3 billion. So they're buying separate energy here in the US. I like the company. I like the fact that they're, you know, it's one of those defensive stocks. If you look at it, they've done very well. And they fell sharply in October with the market, but they've been going up nicely in November, telling you that they're not necessarily tied to our stock market. I mean, it went from $29 to $33 in November. So, in October, it went from $31 down to 29 So, it made up all of October's loss and more. So, I kind of like it. It's more of a defensive play, and this is a good time to play defensive. Appreciate the call. ENB is a in boy, Inbridge Inc. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. How you doing, Gene?
5: Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I had Thank a question you. about... Um, the topic of tax loss selling, with so many stocks yes. being uh, lower this year, as the year went through, went by, I'm wondering if there's, um, the market's going to be sort of under pressure where there's a lot of people who want to sell their stock before the end of December to, um, to get the, to reduce their Harvest of tax losses? Yes, exactly. And, it, and And so it really won't pick up until after the new year because of this.
2: Yeah, you're, you're going to have people, um, you know, they have long-term capital gains or short-term capital gains, offset that with tax loss selling. That could be part of what we're seeing happening now, Gene, as people are looking toward the end of the year and saying, you know, maybe I should harvest some tax losses to apply to the gains that I could take if I wanted to. You know, in other words, they can get out of some long-term stocks that have great div, great uh, returns or rebalance a portfolio. I wouldn't say the what's happening is it, it, being caused by that, but I could see that as a pile-on kind of effort, tax law selling.
5: Right.
2: But right. You, usually, you usually get that more in the beginning of December, and you know the rule, Gene. You can you have to be out to get the tax law loss. You have to stay out of the stock for 31 days. You can get back in. It's Thirty days. Yeah. So you got, yeah. You can't just get out. Some people think they can sell it, take the loss, and buy it back tomorrow. No, you can't do oh, that. Oh no! Got to 30 wait thirty days.
5: days. and, yeah. and also at later. the beginning of the new at the beginning of the new year, there will be new uh, money from retirement accounts that will be automatic deposits will start going in again for people who have maxed out their retirement for four hundred one k contributions for the, for this year. So that will right. automatically automatically More, probably go into yeah. the market so that's also good news yes. but it will only start after the beginning
2: of the year. Yeah, it usually yeah, it usually happens at the beginning of the year you get the pension plans are funded a lot a lot of things happen uh, yeah. starting at the beginning of the year. So that's part of the you know the year end and beginning of the year rally theory is that what causes it. You know, it helps cause it anyways or and, you know, funding different retirement packages. So, I, I, right now there's not enough worry, and we've only had about a 10, 11% correction. It's just scary, that's all. Thanks for the call, yeah. Gene. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. 888 99 chart, 888 992 Okay, I want to get to this. All the ways you can mess up your 401k because it ties into uh, Gene and you know, people starting to fund it at the beginning of the year. Not. Using it is one of the ways you mess it up. Not saving in the 401k. People, there's tons of people who have available, but don't take advantage of it. And then if they do take advantage, another problem, a mistake, is not investing in the market. Yeah, it's scary. Matter of fact, when you're most scared, that's when you should be invested in the market. That's the best time. And another problem. People don't use their 401Ks. You can get free money. Many employers match a certain amount of the 401K. If your employer matches anything, why would you not take that free money for retirement? Why, why would you not do that? Makes no sense to me. Yeah, you're saying, well, I need all my money because, you know, I, I got bills. I got to pay. Well, pay. I don't care how much money you make. You should be able to save some of it. If you can't, if you're not, you're spending too much money. It's that simple. Do something different. And of course there's, you know, those who can't do something different. I'm not. I'm not. I'm talking about the majority of people listening to this show. All you people listening to this show can do something different. You can't save money for retirement. Another mistake that's difficult for you to avoid is paying high fees because if you're in a 401k and that's all they have is high fee mutual funds, you don't get a choice. You have to pay the high fees and do not try to time the market. Get out, get in, get out. This doesn't work. Just dollar cost average in, in a 401k, every paper, just keep buying and keep buying and keep buying. And you, you know what? If you've got a number of years to go, you want the market to go down. So you can buy these mutual funds at lower costs, just like buying the stocks inside the mutual funds at lower costs. Why would you not? Rather buy them at a low cost than a high cost. And don't forget, one thing I see a lot of this, and I want to make sure people don't forget, if you have old 401Ks, a few thousand here, 10,000 over there, don't let them sit there. You need to address them. Address the issue, move them and combine them with your current 401K, roll them into an IRA, do something. Don't let them sit there orphaned and no one paying attention to them. And that happens a lot. I'm not saying you have to, you know, Buy and sell, buy and sell them. I'm saying don't forget about them. And the best way not to forget about them is roll them into your current 401K or roll them into an IRA or in your current IRA if you have one. So just don't forget about those orphaned funds. Okay? So we have one more trading day this week, and that's Friday. Believe it or not, the market will be open Friday. It's usually open about half a day or so. It doesn't. Stay open, and that is one of the um, one of the least traded days of the year, if not the least traded day of the year, is the Friday after Thanksgiving because traders don't stay, they stay home. So, but the market will be open Friday, though. This is Invest Talk, and I'm C. Peasley. Our Wednesday pre-holiday show is coming to an end. We only got about 10 minutes left in the program. Remember, please. Keep our Anytime Listen line, uh, we keep it open. Please keep it in mind. You can call it over the holidays, anytime you have a question, come to your mind about anything financial. You can call right now, we're live for 10 more minutes. 888-99-CHART.
0: Have you visited investtalkacademy.com? You should. It can help you learn to invest like a pro because it features online classes that can teach you how to grow your investments independently. And you can learn more at InvestTalkAcademy.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Bill in Fremont. How are you doing, Bill? I'm
3: okay, Steve. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, and I really appreciate the call. Thank you.
3: Thank you for your show. Wonderful show. Um, the reason I'm calling is uh, I have a 401k, and I also have a Roth. I went and talk to my my advisor at my bank, and he suggested that I don't contribute to my Roth IRA. And I just want to know why would he say that? I'm not sure if there's any reason to it. I didn't think to ask him. I'm just kind of new at it, so I just wonder if you can tell me why he would say that.
2: Now he said, "Don't contribute to your Roth IRA."
3: Yeah, that's correct. He said, "Keep your four hundred one k, keep contributing to that, but not your Rafa. Not me and the wife were, were perplexed by that. And I was like, "Why? I don't know
2: why." Uh, why would probably... I, I'm not sure why he would say that. It makes okay, unless you are maxing out your contributions to your four hundred one k, are you maxing them out? Eighteen no, thousand five hundred a year. Okay, then it makes absolutely no sense. Don't go to him anymore. <laughs> because okay,
3: I, I sure I, won't. This is yeah, I know.
2: Because because a Roth IRA is a good vehicle, and you know the difference, right? One grows. You know, you put my after-tax money in the Roth and before-tax money in the in the 401k, a regular IRA and regular 401k, and then that money grows in a Roth. It grows, grows, grows. You never have to take it out, and you never have to pay any taxes on the growth in a regular 401k or IRA, regular IRA. You're going to have to pay taxes on that money when you retire and start taking it out. So i like you to have both of them myself. I like both of them. Because when you do retire, you can decide which one you want to take out and try to keep yourself in the lowest tax bracket. Because the money you take out of a Roth is not added to your taxes, your income at retirement, where the money to IRA is added. So you can help keep yourself in the lowest tax bracket and pay the least amount of taxes. Did he give not a reason why not to contribute to the Roth? I mean, was there a reason? That he no, came? there was no
3: reason. We just we just took his advice. We had a lot of numbers going through our head, and uh, we just walked away and didn't huh. think too much of it. And I told my wife, I've, I've been listening no. to you on the right radio, and he, she said, and I told her we should go to our Roth a little bit more. So,
2: yeah, start pumping I some money into advice, it. You, so. know, you know, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate the call, Bill. It just makes sense to me. I don't understand why not. Let's try to fit one more call. Line two, Jim in Indiana. How you doing, Jim?
5: I'm great. Happy uh, Happy Thanksgiving, Steve.
2: Thank Thank you. My favorite holiday.
5: Yeah. Hey, I was calling you today about the ETF uh, EWZ Echo Whiskey Zebra. It's a Brazilian ETF. Um, Looking yes. at it for kind of a, a short term trade, it feels like it's kind of at support and it's going to head uh, head in a positive direction. Um, I know you guys are more investors than traders, but I'm just just looking for a little short term bump here.
2: Well, I don't I don't mind I don't mind taking something that would looks positive for a short term profit. I, Jim, I'll do that. Trust me, I I will do that. Uh, EWG, everybody, that's the ETF exchange traded fund for Brazil and that tracks to a 2550 index they call it 2550 index and it's on a chart because that when you do short term trading uh, bill Jim, um, you really look at a chart and it is above the 200 day moving average it is possible it can go from 39 to the high 40s I'm not the high the mid 40s and that's about it it the bottom is right around 31 32 um you you have a less high percentage of a successful trade at th- at 39 than you would have at in the low 30s because you're you're about it's about halfway up to its resistance level in the mid 40s. So that's your problem. It it's already made a run, but it looks like it's basing right now and may make another run up to the high 40s. So I think the you you have a probably a over 50% chance of success here. Personally, I think you for a short-term trade, maybe the next couple three months. But I wish okay. uh, I think it would All have right. been a better uh, in the low thirties. But uh, yeah, give it a shot, Bill. Yeah, looks pretty good. Thanks for the call, Bill. I appreciate. It. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. I'm sorry, Jim. I keep having both Jim and Bill up on my board here. Jim, thank you. I'm Steve Peasley. And this completes another Investopedia program, and I thank you for your loyal support, everybody, and your questions. I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. Everybody, please have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. It's always a great time. Justin and I I will be here on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday. You can call anytime. You can listen to the podcast, call anytime, leave any question. As long as it's financial. Good night, everybody.
1: And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.